0: Hello and welcome to CX Conversations. This is your host Vivek bringing you CX lessons from CX leaders from around the world. Today in CX Conversations, I'm talking about how to bridge the gap between business and CX strategy. The more I learn about CX, the more I appreciate the importance of aligning an organization's CX strategy with its business strategy. Surprisingly, as obvious as that may sound, many companies miss this simple idea a company's CX strategy stops making sense when it stops delivering business results. Delighted that I am joined by one of the best and the brightest in the CX world, Adrian Swinsko, to talk about how companies can bridge this gap. Adrian is a customer experience consultant and advisor and has been growing and developing customer-focused large and small businesses for 20 years. He has previously worked with Shell, Financial Times, and The Economist Group, as well as advising and consulting numerous other large organizations and hundreds of smaller businesses to help them engage with their customers, build their customer retention, and improve services. He's a huge fan of organizations that do great things for their customers and their employees and a right-hand man to those that want to achieve their own level of greatness. He's also a lover of simplicity and advocate of the human touch with a bit of a really useful technology thrown in. Adrian is a best-selling author, Forbes contributor, blogger, and podcaster frequent conference speaker, panel participant, and chair in various reputed CX conferences around the world. He has recently launched a new book called Punk CX, a book where he discusses what a punk rock version of CX would look like and feel like. Particularly, given that many reports suggest that around 70% of customer experience projects failed to deliver on their promises, it's quite an interesting discussion that he's put forward in the book. I got introduced to Adrian through Ricardo, a common connect and friend, and I couldn't have been happier to be talking to him on this podcast today. Adrian, welcome to CX Conversations. Glad to be talking to you.
1: Hi, Vivek. Great to talk to you. I mean, I'm, I must say, I'm sitting here blushing because that's like some introduction. Um, thank you. And I, must, and, and I must say, thank you to Ricardo as well. Um, he's a great guy and a great connector. But uh, overall, I'm delighted to be here uh, talking to you. You today. Thanks, Adrian. I'm actually honored to be
0: speaking to you and to have you as a guest on my podcast. So, Uh, (laughs) please. So, before we start talking about how to bring about the alignment between CX and business strategy, could you help us understand why this misalignment misalignment occurs in
1: the first place? Uh, I mean, that's a really, really good question, Vivek. I mean, in terms of the misalignment, I think that. I think the misalignment, the, the misalignment happens because it's, I, mean, I think it's just sort of just snuck up on people because what's happened is that we, before we used to just focus on service or support or help, you know, customer service, customer support, customer help. And it was a thing that we sort of did, hmm. right? But then there's this idea that we've moved into the age of the customer and yes. the customers have more kind of power and more control and certain, more choice, et cetera, et cetera. And and that's brought on this onset around the importance of overall the overall customer experience. Now, because that's become more and more important, people get that that's become more and more important. But actually, and are trying to respond to that. But I think one of the things that we've just we've uh, forgotten is that services net, that our service strategy was not necessarily always coupled with our business strategy. It was more of a case of like a a lot of people approach service. Mm. As a, um, like a holding type strategy, you mm. know, maintenance type strategy. It's not something that nece- many companies haven't nece- didn't you really use it. They still saw it as a cost and used They didn't use it as a differentiating strategy. True. And when experience arrived, they were we were still caught up in that the service mindset, mm. i.e. hold and maintain sort of thing, rather mm. than differentiate. And because it doesn't, uh, the whole maintain wasn't necessarily coupled with the business strategy. Uh, we got caught up in, the, in you know experience, and we were just kind of went, "Oh, do experience, doing an experience," and then we end up with, "Oh, actually, we need to couple it with business strategy." Mm. And I think that's possibly why we got this kind of we've got this um, misalignment. Because you know, let's face it, Vivek, we are still early in this game, true, of experience. And we're still learning about it, and where people are trying kind of lots of you know lots of things and so we have to realize that you know whilst it might have been around for for a wee while, um, we're still very very early in in the in the big game mm-hmm. um, and so I think we're still learning about what it means and what it takes to deliver a great experience and w- one part of that is this this idea of making sure that we have what we do aligned with. The what the strategy. business? What, what what Yeah, what the business wants to achieve?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I must be honest, Adrian. I think you you've put it right over there. I have been in the CX space for only seven years, and I'm still young in in this entire space and domain. And I'm seeing and hearing the conversation around CX and business alignment only in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, and, because it's like I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, to be fair, Vivek, you know. There is not many people talking about this, yeah, because it's still on the edge, and, and because people still haven't figured out how to address it, yeah. Um, and
0: I think you've also mentioned that uh, because this entire experience thing came up at a point when businesses were still grappling with a few other problems in mm-hmm. business, and and only later did did they realize that okay, experience is something that can help us differentiate and customer service or service in general is something that has to be looked at as not just a cost center but also something that can help us differentiate us, us as a business in front of our customers mm-hmm. so in all of that haste people were put in charge go figure it out solve this problem the other brands are doing it they have done it apple has done it amazon has done it and those kind of examples are thrown at people and they are said they're told, they're given the responsibility that go and fix this mm-hmm. uh, and in that haste, I think uh, people implement CX as a service-based approach and and not look at the business strategy. Is that also somewhere leading to the
1: misalignment? So I think the there's two different challenges, and well, there's well, there's probably multiple, but I think there's there's a couple of things that occur to me. Mm-hmm. The first one is that when people go go fix this, yeah and then kind of go to the experience and go fix this sort of thing. The people that are telling them to go fix it, my question is, is whether, whether or not they've changed the, the, the lens of, through which they look at the business and, and understand business performance. Mm. And whether they have almost like unlearned this idea that service is a cost center. And I'm not sure that many people have or enough people have. And they mm. still look at things as being a cost center rather than an investment. But however, that's not helped by the fact that when people say "go fix this," and then they go and try and do stuff, and they're sort of not sure mm. um, what they're doing because they haven't they haven't actually done that alignment piece between what's sort of customer experience strategy and how is it aligned with your business strategy and how does it enable and support it, etc. And that because they haven't answered that question, they um, in in a great enough detail, then what you end up doing is they end up doing stuff and yeah. then they end up creating this Frankenstein-esque type <laughs> of experience, which is, you know, this proliferation of cha- uh, channels and this kind of like all singing and all dancing kind of like kind of like stuff. But the thing is kind of, it's lumpy, it's unconnected. It's just, and sometimes it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And sometimes it completely ignores some of the the core concerns and demands and needs and preferences of most of the the, the largest parts, some of the largest groups of customers that many businesses have. So you look at it and just go, well, no wonder you're getting it wrong. Mm. Because it's not aligned with who the business is, what the business wants to do, and who the business serves.
0: Mm. And because of this, people doing stuff, in a misaligned manner.
1: Mm.
0: Have you seen a lot of leadership frustration come in after things have been done and it's definitely not serving the business? In that case, the entire activity or the person itself being blamed that this is no
1: good? Um, I think the yeah, I think so. I think there um, there is a bit of, fr- there's a growing frustration um, and with that at a senior level because, the interesting thing is that there's a risk that comes with this, is that you know, people are trying and trying and trying different sort of things, but they want to see better returns. Yeah. But if the, the things that we're doing are not focused and aligned with what we're trying to do, then it's going to be difficult to generate the right sort of returns. Yeah. But actually, if we don't get the strategy question right, it's likely that we're not going to get the consistent returns that, 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 we, that we want to see. At, particularly at, at, at a senior level. And there and therefore, there is a danger that many senior execs might go, yes, we understand that, that experience is important, but right now we can't figure it out. So we're going to put it in the too hard to do column for yeah. now. Yeah, We'll pay lip service to it, but I'm going to kick it down. I'm going to kick that can down the road silently <laughs> until it becomes somebody else's problem.
0: Yeah, and I've seen that happen so many times. So that's interesting. I'm going to dive straight into the big question now, Adrian. How, okay. does, how does one bridge the gap between CX and business strategy?
1: The clue is um, in the, the last two words of your question, which is CX strategy. Is like you've got to ask yourself, what is it? You know, what is your customer experience strategy? And how, does it, um, how is it aligned with your business strategy? And how does it enable it and support it? And then the sub-questions in that you go, okay, so how does that change across different customer groups, across different parts of the journey, and what is the human and tech balance across all of the different groups and different kind of steps? Mm-hmm.
0: You then, so you, if, you, if you, we, you, I'm sorry, you I'm have interrupting. To start, you
1: have to start yeah. digging into all of this sort of stuff and talk to make because then what it will do, it will present you with choices. You present you with kind of like, you have to make kind of hard choices about what you do and also what you don't do.
0: Okay, I
1: was just gonna- Does that make to, sense? Um, it is
0: a little bit. So I'm just going to dig a little deeper into it. And okay. uh, I'll just invite you to kind of lay this out in a, in a step-by-step process. So if, if I got what you said, uh, the first step would be to assess where you are. What's my mm-hmm. current strategy? What's my business strategy? What are my business goals? Mm-hmm. And what's the CX strategy that I'm building? What is it that I'm trying to deliver as a customer experience? Who am I delivering this to? Who are yep. my customers? What are the different segments of my customers? So bringing all of that together is the mm-hmm. first step. Yeah. And so the next steps are going to be just about asking the right questions with the backdrop of the information I've collected in the first step. And what are those questions going to be?
1: Well, it's, I think it's slightly more than that. I think there's, uh, first of all, you have, to under, you have to articulate what is it that you're trying to achieve? Uh, to achieve? What is your end goal?
0: Mm-hmm. So for example...
1: Like, for example, let's take something kind of audacious, which Mm -hmm. is our end goal is we want to reduce our simple query, kind of um, simple service requests Mm -hmm. to zero over the course of the next 18 months.
0: Right.
1: You know, and then you have to categorize that sort of thing. I mean, just because it's like, well, if people can help themselves, then we, we need to work really hard to help themselves.
0: Yeah. And let's right. contextualize this with a kind of business. I'm, I'm just thinking of a SaaS business, maybe something like Zoom.
1: Yeah. So it could be something like Zoom and you go like, I lost my password. How did I change my password? Mm. Right? Simple sort of like stuff, yeah. normal human stuff. And th- that becomes a drain on resources. But it's also kind of, it requires effort and time on the part of the customer. True. If they're, if you want to try and facilitate that, that, then people being able to self-serve in that respect as quickly as possible, then that means it's good for the customer and then takes a load off kind of um, the business. Yeah. It has to be, you know, you have to develop a picture about what you're, what you're aspiring kind of to and, and then make that picture then aligned to the business strategy. Because you, you, you can turn around and go, I want to reduce our simple service request down to zero in the next 18 months. You're like going, that's brilliant. But then you can turn around and go, so tell me why that's aligned with your business strategy. You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you go yeah. almost like set out your stall about where you want to go. And then you have to ask yourself, is that aligned with that? Does that help that? Because mm-hmm. then you actually you always have a check of yeah. like, how, do, how does that help and enable us? Now, if the, if the business strategy says something different, then you, it might kind of cause you to go to reevaluate what your, what your experience strategy can yeah. be.
0: So in the example that we have at hand, Mm. if my business strategy is to reduce customer service cost and improve customer effort score, then this would be very well aligned with the CX strategy that I'm just laying out, that simple queries should be self-served and they should be easily uh, solvable for our customers. But what could be a misaligned business strategy for a goal such as that?
1: Um, just to so
0: counter that
1: okay. yeah so if you can you can turn you can turn around and go um, say for example you think of like a financial service organization like a bank like okay. a local community bank mm-hmm. the bank might turn around and say our experience strategy is to, to to migrate you know all of our customers onto or at least 50% of our customers mm-hmm. or three quarters of, of our customers onto mobile and or online banking in the next kind of two years let's mm-hmm. say Right. Um, yet, you know, when you look at the kind of the, you look at the business, the makeup of its customers, you might turn around and go, hmm, but most of your customers are rural, don't have pervasive access to both laptops and smartphones and, and, you know, and tablets and all that stuff, don't have great Internet connection, aren't digitally savvy and so on and so forth. And you look at it and just go, well, that makes no sense. Yeah. That's driven by your need to do that and save you want to save costs, so you're driving a business strategy, which, when well, you're driving, you, you, you're, you're delivering a uh, an experience that's not aligned with what your um your customer base mm, makes sense. Makes sense. Now, this is complicated, Vivek. Vivek. Yeah, and, really and I co-
0: can imagine, like, when it when even in our conversation, when we contextualized it, it did it start making a little bit of sense? Otherwise, we could, uh, yeah, just talk in the dark, and and we'll probably never. <laughs> get to uh, get any result out of it
1: yeah so I think that's the thing is that it, I, I find it really kind of interesting when you start to dig in when we start to dig into I mean I find it that I ask many people I speak to and I say okay if I if they're senior execs and I go Hey, what's your business strategy? What's your commercial strategy? What's your market strategy? That type of stuff. And they're like going fine. They'll kind of they'll quite easily and quite quickly kind of tell you exactly kind of what all those things are. And then you go, that's brilliant. Thank you. And I say, what's your service and experience strategy? And how does it support and enable that? Hmm. And then and, and how does that change across different customer groups and different parts of the journey? And what is your what's your approach in terms of the human and tech balance in each of those stages? And they look at me and they go. What? Because they haven't gone, they haven't taken it to that level.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's not many people that have.
0: True, true. In that case, if we could leave our listeners with a set of uh, qualifying questions, I don't know if that's the right word, but certain set of questions that they can ask at the time when they're going through the steps of uh, either designing their CX strategy or designing their service strategy and ask those questions to at least filter out the ideas in a way that Mm -hmm. it is aligned with the business uh, strategy, I think that would be quite helpful. So can we work that out?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I would say rather than actually a few questions, Mm -hmm. um, Vivek, what I would just say, let's start really simple and let's ask one question. Mm -hmm. And that question is, what is your experience strategy and how does it support or enable your business strategy? That's it. Because that is that that is the way that we're going to make all our efforts make sense for the rest of the business. Because rather than it being this customer experience is a thing that just sits out there and so stuff that something that we do, we're doing it in order to help both ourselves and others be successful.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense.
1: So what are some so, of the? Because here's the, here's the kind of. Sorry, I'm just kind of, I was just no, thinking thinking out loud. There's a there's a fantastic quote by, which I love, by a guy called Zig Ziglar. You ever yeah. heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So I, I love Zig Ziglar. I think he has got the most rock star name of anybody ever. I
0: know. And, and he's the sales guru that I have learned from.
1: Yeah. So he had a book um, called See You at the Top. Yes. And in that book, one of my favorite quotes from that book goes something like this. If you help enough people get what they want, then you'll get what you want. That's
0: amazing, yeah. I've read that quote as well.
1: Yeah. And I think if you think about that quote and think about the the sort of experience sort of thing and that sort of quite a relevant quote based on what we're talking about, is like, what's your customer experience strategy and how does it support and enable your business strategy?
0: Hmm. All right, so um, I think that question, it is a good starting point for any organization to sit down with a pen and paper and just draw it out in terms of what's our business strategy, what is our CX strategy, how is it supporting our uh, business strategy, and if it is not, what needs to change? Sure. Yeah. Does it also happen that because of a CX strategy that an organization has set up, they go about changing their business strategy?
1: Uh, oh, you mean, does, is can CX strategy kind of influence a business strategy? Yes. Well, no, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and I think that can, that can work. I mean, it might turn around, that you end up creating a, a a CX strategy that is that is there to support and enable the business strategy, but it's so successful mm. that it has an, a positive impact on the business strategy. You go like, oh, we should do more of this, or we should do less of that, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. And those those things are they should be um, they should be able to influence. It must be a, it should be a two way sort of channel, as it were. And- I mean, effectively, the, the experience strategy is like a conduit to. From the business to to its customers right it's the interface and so if the response from the market is oh this is really great this is really great well then why shouldn't you do more of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i think yeah you're absolutely right i think then when you do something which is aligned and supportive of what the business kind of wants and you get a lot of positive feedback from it then yeah for sure it could possibly influence the um the business strategy Makes sense.
0: And in that context, would an example that I heard about from um, Martin Mocker, who is a co-author of the book uh, Design for Digital, he mentioned mm-hmm. something about Audi releasing uh, or rather launching some digital products for ride-sharing and for their customers to engage with each other on a digital platform. Mm-hmm. That becoming a part of their business and contributing to a part of uh, a part of their revenue that i think came out of a cx strategy saying that okay we've got a customer base that is digitally engaged what else can we do for them mm. and from there this this as a solution came up mm.
1: sure i mean i think the um, there's a lot of opportunities and symbiosis kind of opportunities to kind of like to, to learn <laughs> and for kind of new innovations to, you know to take to take place. I mean, like you said, in the very, in the, in the very beginning, you know, I'm a, I'm a lover of simplicity. Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest kind of challenges I, I, I find is that, you know, business is complex. Um, and we don't help ourselves in terms of the complexity of business, you know, particularly when we add kind of a new channel to to a business in which we want to to serve or to engage our customers, you know, and it's a bit like you have a new channel. You're just adding more complexity to the business. But businesses say that they kind of want, kind of like they want to be simple and easy to kind of deal with. And I'm like, well, we're not helping ourselves. And um, my challenge to businesses, if you if you really believe in simplicity, is that when you add something, you know, um, you have to also be asking yourself. At the same time, what are we taking away? Mm. What are we retiring? What yeah. are we deciding not to do anymore? And yet we don't do that very often because it requires us making hard choices. That's brilliant.
0: I think as long as businesses can ha- ask those hard questions and and think through this, uh, any initiative that is adding to complexity in the organization mm-hmm. uh, and see what needs to be taken away in order to still maintain simplicity for our customers. That could be a win-win, right?
1: Sure. I mean, yeah. I think the thing is, is, like, you might choose to kind of, to intentionally add complexity because you might choose not to, not to address the hard choice or not to make the hard choice. That's fine. But <laughs> yeah. at least, at least you're, you're, uh, you are deciding to, uh, how to respond to the question yeah, rather than just kind of rather than just adding stuff and then not thinking about kind of like not thinking about the complexity dimension.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't come as a surprise. At least if you've thought through it, it you would know what's going to come. Sure. Yeah. So that's good. And what are some of the biggest challenges that you've come across or have or foresee when aligning an organization's business and strategy?
1: Well, I think it, that, that it, it, they, I think people for sure is is, is good. I know to, I was going, going to say I was I was going to say people <laughs> myself, but it's like it's more like kind of like what type of people and can kind of wear. And yeah. I think the one of the challenges with all of this sort of stuff is that asking that question may actually again require us to make hard choices about stopping or dumping or retiring a bunch of stuff that we've already sunk a whole bunch of time and effort and resources yeah. into. Because we might turn around and go, oh, that's just totally rubbish and completely misaligned, and that makes no sense. But, oh, my God, am I going to admit that in public? And then we get into a whole different sort of dimension around <laughs> what stops us doing kind of like great stuff.
0: Yeah. I think that also leads to this recent experience that I had, Adrian. And let me share that with you. During a recent trip from Hyderabad to Bangalore, Mm -hmm. I was waiting to board my flight when I overheard the person sitting next to me. Complain about the new customer satisfaction survey she was tasked to conduct because the company's chairman had asked her to do. Mm -hmm. Now, her complaint was that she was already conducting a similar customer survey. Then why does does the chairman want to engage an external agency to run the same survey? Mm -hmm. She was frustrated that instead of focusing on converting new accounts and growing revenue, we are focusing on existing customer satisfaction. As a CX professional, I was sitting next to her I couldn't help but overhear her. Once her call was done, I apologized for overhearing and engaged her in a conversation to understand why she thought that way. Turns out that they are losing big accounts to competition. And the Mm. chairman thinks that it's because of service quality issues and therefore wants an external audit on that. Mm. While this person, who is a VP-level executive, believes that it's not at all a service issue because she herself herself uh, conducts a quarterly service quality audit and mm-hmm. shares the report with the chairman directly. Mm. Uh, in this, uh, what's going on in this organization, what do you think is going wrong in this company and what would be the best way for them to kind of fix this situation?
1: Um, so the thing that strikes me about this, this situation is that there's well it feels like there's a disconnect and there's like a there's a bit of a having different views of the world, as it were. And it's sort of like uh and therefore different perspectives. I mean the first pro- the first problem is that the chairman had didn't speak to the VP to start with and go, I'm seeing this, I'm hearing that. What's kind of like can we talk about it? Mm. Right? Um and it might be a case of like, I, and then there's the other thing around the chairman going there, they've talked about um, an external agency get an external agency to run the same sort of survey, but it, you, you know you're when you were talking about the um, they 've lost a few kind of like big accounts yes, and everything yes. else and so so my my question would be how close are they to those accounts? I mean you know why don 't you go and have a conversation with the, with the people that that run those accounts, or who are those accounts mm-hmm. and how close is the chairman to that? And how close is the VP to that? And can the chairman and the VP go and talk to these accounts themselves
0: instead of engaging uh, an agency to do the surveys? Well,
1: yeah, and it's, and, and instead of um, instead of just sending them a survey, you like going, look, you know, why why don't we kind of go and, and actually find it out ourselves? Like, so let me kind of like characterize this with another quote. I love quotes because <laughs> um, it's the, I use other people's brilliance to be able to kind of like. <laughs> To explain complex kind of like ideas, so there's a guy, and I'm, I'm I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong, but there's a there's a Polish American linguistic scholar called Joseph Kozlowski, mm-hmm. and he came up with this um, this quote which says the map is not the territory. And what I think that quote implies is that you can turn around and go, okay, the survey might be your map, right? Mm-hmm. But the, but the customer is not the survey. And the customer is not the data. Yeah, The customer is way more than that. Yes. Right? So if the customer is really important, go and spend some time with the customer and add that visceral, emotional, personal understanding onto it. Because if, if their revenue and the accounts are important and the relationship is important, then it's worth investing your time in that relationship.
0: Yeah. And from that conversation, I also realized that i think you also touched upon this in 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 your first um phrase when you said that um maybe the chairman is not talking to the vp and and i guess there was there is a bunch of misalignment and disconnect internally oh. where perhaps even the vp feels that um this isn't important enough we should be focusing on growing our revenue and if if customers are unhappy um so be it mm. While I, I'm sure she didn't mean it that way, but but somewhere that that kind of disconnect was apparent. Um, yeah. And and I felt like not having a central theme around what are we trying to achieve through these surveys? Mm-hmm. Is it just about collecting data, or is it about getting closer to the customers? And yeah. if it is about if it is about uh, customer retention, then why are we relying on just surveys? What are the account
1: managers doing? It's, well, exactly. You know, yeah. and it's like you know. I think that that's the kind of the, um, the, one of the challenges is that you you have all these people and kind of and all these kind of like um, these these jobs and you know uh, senior positions. And I look at it and just go, we, and we have so much, so much data and so much focus on data and dashboards and analytics mm-hmm. and yeah. all these different things all of which are you know, very important. And but, useful
0: uh, to
1: a large extent as well. Yeah, absolutely. But it also, the we, uh, we can have so much of it that it almost displaces other things, like soft data, what we might call soft data, like real contact with our customers. Yeah. So we end up kind of to focusing on the hard data, hard data, hard data.
0: Yeah, I get that, yeah.
1: And then we go like, so have you met one of these customers? Mm. What color eyes do they have? <laughs> How do they like their tea or their coffee? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's like going. You know, we we talking about this. We're in this world of technology and things. But here's the thing that like kind of the the, the kind of broad, the broad sense is that in general, people make stuff and use technology to help them make stuff, and people buy stuff, right? Yeah, and that's it, really. The technology's the bit in between. And yeah, but those
0: people couldn't should not just remain numbers in your
1: Excel sheet. You should go out and know those people, right? Exactly, and that's what, I'm, that's what I mean. It's like going, yeah. the, the, the human side of it, the human insight is the thing that, that connects us with people. And it also it's the thing that kind of maintains and builds kind of resilience into that relationship when we Brilliant. connect with people. We're yeah. more likely to forgive people that we've connected with.
0: Brilliant, yeah. I think salespeople do that a lot, but I guess somewhere in the cx world we are we are losing touch on that yeah or, you know, that funny, needs, and, and, that needs to be enabled through cx through the cx initiatives
1: yeah, you know <laughs> one of the this might get me into trouble but one of the fascinating things i find <laughs> about kind of like the, the customer experience kind of world is like it's populated by a lot of people that have come from a marketing marketing kind of side yes right and and, one, and marketing and branding and all that type of stuff yeah but one of the challenges with kind of people that have come from from that perspective uh, from that sort of that, that, that um, sort of domain is whilst they say that they, they go out and they talk to customers, they don't do it a lot. You know, it's, it's a bit like, and they don't deal with kind of customer problems. Yeah. They talk about, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, salespeople are, are good at this. Service people are good at this.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, if you want to understand about relationships, talk to people that work in service or talk to people that work in sales.
0: Yeah i think marketing people are still kind of trying to fit customers into personas i, yeah. I, I think i'm going to get in trouble by for saying that but I, I, that's that's the kind of sense that i also get at times
1: yeah i mean let's in in short i mean this is kind of quite um <laughs> quite dismissive but like marketing people don't call people and don't answer the phone <laughs> yeah well they don't that's
0: true yeah and that's probably part of the problem. I agree. I agree. So uh, a couple of things that I think what we've, the central theme to fixing such problems and, and this, when I was looking, when I was hearing her talk about the challenges and, and her frustration in her organization that, and she was so confident about other senior leaders also being sure about what's the right thing to do, that we should focus on sales and not focus on this, this and that. mm mm-hmm. I could see that definitely there was a disconnect, an internal disconnect about why we are doing something, why is this important, why is everything else also important. Mm -hmm. So the best way to fix such situations, and I can so imagine that these kind of situations are in so many other organizations as well. From our conversation, I've gotten three things. First is obviously to remove that disconnect by Mm. being more communicative with each other. Even internally, sit down with your folks and just have a conversation around the challenges and the problems that, that the business is facing. And and then also bring in the CX angle to it. Have that sure. conversation. That's the first thing. Second is, again, having conversations, real conversations, uh, not survey-based conversations, not uh, data-based. Uh, while all of that is important, but have some real conversations with your customers. Know them, mm-hmm. as people. And the third thing is, Put the right people at the right places, also. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that should get you in the way to fix such a, such situations.
1: I mean, I think that the bottom line for me, Vivek, in all of this,
0: yeah,
1: is that it's not a quick win. It is not. Uh, it's it's a long road, but it's important work. So roll up your sleeves and, and get stuck in. And be willing to find out some stuff that might not necessarily be um, some stuff that you think that's important. Be willing to do the stuff that's important. And it might not be sexy. And it might not be very much above the line type of stuff. But it's important work. And it matters for both the business and your customers. And it might take a while. So it takes focus and discipline and commitment. That is the road to greatness. You know, greatness requires discipline, focus, commitment, and a lot of hard work. And to think otherwise is delusional. I agree. That's great,
0: Adrian. So thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Time for some rapid fire questions now.
1: Okay. All right. So which
0: non-business book would you recommend someone and why?
1: So I'm going to pick one which is kind of like, so I don't read a lot of non-business kind of like kind of books, All right. um, but I will pick one which is sort of not non, it's not business, not directly business. Um, but it's a brilliant book, and it's a real inspiration to me. It's a book by a, um, a gentleman by the name of Paul Arden. All right. It's A-R-D-E-N, and it's it's called It's Not How Good uh, You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be. And it is uh, – the book is sort of one of the books that sort of insp- – in terms of its layout and graphics and stuff, has d- inspired my new punk CX books because – all Arden's books. He's, he wrote, wrote about three of them, uh, but that's the first one, and it's my favourite. Is um, it's literally like an adrenaline shot in the arm. It's all mostly graphics, minimal text. If you haven't seen it, then it's brilliant. You should buy one.
0: All right. Okay. Which brand do you admire the most for their CX? Could be more than one.
1: So I'll, I'll pick. I'll, I'll pick a few um, that I um, just because of things that they do. Um, First of all, I'll pick a usual suspect, which is Zappos. All right. Um, and the reason why I'll pick Zappos is not because I know, I know a couple of people over there. The reason why I pick them is because one of their people told me that they're, they are disappointed when somebody doesn't call them. Okay. That tells you everything you need to know about them. Yeah. Because they're disappointed when people call them because most of their, their, their service requests Get handled through sort of email and/or sort of like uh, chat, I think, mm-hmm. or messaging, and they're disappointed when somebody calls them because that stops them um, having an opportunity to properly connect with somebody. Yeah, that's and I think wonderful. that tells you that tells you everything you need to know about them.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and I think that's a good enough example. I'm going to stop there. All right, because it's, it's sort of the example that um, that it's probably an example that you that you wouldn't expect.
0: I know. Yeah. Although Zappos is an example for a lot of people when they talk about CX, but this reason hasn't been, uh, it hasn't come to me ever. There you go. Yeah. So what's your word of advice to CX professionals tasked at building CX strategy for their company?
1: Go and talk to the people that formulate the business strategy and ask them, what can we do to help and enable you? you know, what can we do to make you successful? Brilliant. That's wonderful. So
0: with that, we've also come to the end of this podcast. I would like to thank you once again for making the time, Adrian, and talking with me on this podcast. It's been a pleasure hosting you.
1: is, I mean, I I can talk about all this. I can talk about this stuff all day. So uh, it's been an absolute delight talking to you today. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you.
0: And to all our listeners, this is Vivek signing off from another CX Conversations. Until next time, bye.